Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm Audrea Greenhoff, and in this interview series, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's newest and most innovative food brands out there to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Hello and happy Sunday, everyone. Welcome to a new week and a new episode of the Better Food Stories podcast. I am Audrea Greenhoff, and today I have a really exciting episode to share with you. So today on the show, I'm talking to Nigel Siligar, the owner of Moon Man, the first Indonesian street dessert pop-up vendor in New York City. Nigel has a deep love for Southeast Asian food, Growing up in Indonesia, he has fond memories of feasting on street food at night markets and being enchanted by the fusion of culture and cuisine that engross them. But after moving to the States, the designer and entrepreneur found it difficult to find authentic Indonesian street food in New York City. So after a design project opportunity put him in contact with the popular Queens Night Market, he turned to his cousin and now business partner to launch their very own food business, Moon Man. In my conversation with Nigel, you'll learn how he leveraged his background and connections as a designer to help him get his food business started, and how he's infused his passion for design into his company, Moon Man, how food played a major role in his life and culture, and we also talk about the Queen's Night Market and how it is a must-visit for anyone looking to explore deliciously authentic international food in New York City at an affordable price. You can head over to my website, audriagreenhoff.com slash podcast to get the show notes for this and every episode of the Better Food Stories podcast. And I also want to give a plug for Nigel's Instagram. If you check out the show notes of this episode, you'll find his handle. It's Nigel, S-I-E. You definitely want to check him out on Instagram. He has the best food photos and is really just so much fun to follow and he gives you a peek of what it's like to be a foodie in New York City and I just have the best time looking at his photos so kudos to Nigel definitely go over to Instagram and check him out and without further ado here's my conversation with Nigel about Moon Man enjoy hi Nigel hello how are you good how are you not bad at all Thank you for, I'm happy that we connected. Thank you for taking the time um, to chat with me today. I'm excited to learn a little bit more about you and your business. Why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about who you are and what your business, Moon Man, is all about? Uh, sure. So, uh, well, start with my name, I guess, right? I'm Nigel Siligar. So I'm uh, actually a designer. Uh, I'm a principal of a design firm in New York City called Course Design Factory. And uh, two and a half years ago, my cousin and my cousin Wenny and I started this food business called Moonman. So we serve uh, Indonesian sweet treats at the Queenstown Market. And yeah, this business has been growing quite rapidly, and we're on the brink of opening up a permanent location right now in Lower East Side Manhattan. That's awesome. This is quite a big growth, I guess. Yeah. You know, you've been written about a bit online and seen some of the pictures of the food. Super cool. I love what you guys are doing. You're originally from Indonesia. So 
tell us a little bit about how you grew up and what role did food play in in the culture in indonesia well i i should say southeast asian culture in mm-hmm. general food is very very important yeah. it's usually the first thing we ask someone after how are you you know in indonesia we just like uh, after how are you is like sudah makan belum which means like have you eaten yet <laughs> so it's 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 true. It's, it's the first thing that we we ask, right? Because uh, we burn over food, yeah. And then, uh, but interestingly, though, like I grew up in a family where both of my parents don't cook, so really? they're so busy dealing with their business and never quite have the time to actually cook. So we always order in, get takeouts, and dine somewhere. So anything from street centers all the way to like a fancy restaurant we try them all and uh yeah in fact my mom has this book full of addresses and phone numbers of people who you can order food from and then the specific dishes they're specialized in so yeah food is, is very important for the culture for sure yeah so you're bringing some of those traditional flavors of indonesia and southeast asia to what you're serving at Moonman? What are some of the more right. traditional dishes that people can experience there? Well, uh, Moonman actually, all of our dishes are uh, still traditional recipe, so we didn't change much of it. So we at the Queenstown Market, we usually have uh, three signature items, which is the coconut pancake, pandan steam cake, and a baker's cassava cake. That's we always have it every week. Mm-hmm. And then we usually carry one extra rotating menu that we change up every now and then, you know, and that ranging from like mung bean pudding and then uh, the cassava jelly and then uh, ube steam cake, you know. So we just keep rotating every few weeks just to keep the market fresh. Maybe. But yeah, all, all of these are still traditional Indonesian street food. They all, in Indonesia, they call it the jajan pasar. And yeah, we still use traditional recipe, even though we modernize the appearance of it. And, you know, we're uncompromisingly trying to keep the quality as high as we can. You mentioned that you have a design background and you're in business with your cousin. Does your cousin have a food background? How are you coming up with the recipes? Oh, (laughs) well, the the story is is a little bit... uh, funny actually how we get started with the uh, moonman um it started because uh you know I, I like to eat and being entrepreneur i i wanted to have a food business one day you know so mm-hmm. when the opportunity strikes i just jump into it and you know tweak things as and until it works well yeah uh, the story is that uh, i've been going to queen's night market since the first year that they opened and that's like what five years ago i suppose yeah and then, yeah, it used to not be as many vendors, not as crowded, but, you know, I really love the concept. So one day I just emailed uh, John Wang, which is the person who run the market, congratulating him on the success and, you know, how much I enjoy the market and introduced myself that, hey, I'm, uh, I run a design firm in the city. So if you need anything, just, you know, let us know. And just so happened that Queensland Market needed a new website because... <laughs> The old one was not working, and then uh, they need a lot of bells and whistles, you know. So we designed the current uh, Quinta Market website, basically. Cool. So it has, like, a full bells and whistles. It has, like, vendor management system for uh, performance database, automatic calendar update, automatic PDF map generator, 
so many like bells and whistles in it. But yeah, we, we ended up working with John on so many things, you know, sponsorship packages, brochures, whatever the market need. Mm-hmm. This season, we just redesigned the bar, actually. So, um, cool. yeah, but now that Queen's Not Market's my client, so one day I just told John that, hey, I, I want to put that at the market. <laughs> and I, I remember he was shocked because, well, you know, we're, we're a design firm, right? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do with the booth at the Queen's Not Market? But he agreed. My cousin that time was running a Japanese restaurant with uh, her husband in New Jersey. And then, uh, yeah, I just told her that, hey, we have a booth at Queen's Market. What do we do with it? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we, we run a test kitchen and then we cook it together, develop the recipe together. Based, everything is based on memory because uh, these are like snacks we grew up with mm-hmm. that we can't quite find it in New York City, you know, so it, it all worked out. I love that. You just dove right in, literally. That's so cool and seen so much success out of it. Yeah, I mean, we, we we're quite lucky in that sense. Yeah, so for anybody who is not familiar, can you tell us a bit about Queen's Night Market and why do you think this was an ideal location for a food concept like Moon Man? Ah, sure. Queen's Night Market is, is such a wonderful family-friendly outdoor market in the city. It's located in the back of the New York Hall of Science in Queens. And it runs every Saturday from 5 p.m. until midnight. And then to me personally, this is what the true night market is supposed to be. Because the night market is very inclusive. Every night there is at least 50 plus countries represented in the market in the form of like various pieces and handcrafts. And then um, throughout the years, they've represented like over 80 something countries from, from all over the world. And then uh, it's also the only outdoor market in New York City where anything is actually affordable because uh, there is a price cap uh, of $6 or less for any food item. Oh, so people great. can actually go there and then, you know, try multiple things without yeah. breaking the banks. Sure. It's, it's very rare because uh, the other food market in your city, things can get very expensive, you know, to the point that you start questioning whether you should eat there or just go to a restaurant. <laughs> <So> <laughs> well, we like the multicultural aspect of it, you know, so we thought that uh, this is the, the right home, like the right sure. place to start for a concept like this, yeah. That's cool. And I love that there is a price cap because like you mentioned, New York City can be super expensive. Um, I live in Miami, so I know what really expensive food is here too. Our food here is crazy expensive. And yeah, even some food trucks um, here Mm -hmm. will get together and do things. And you can spend 15 or 20 bucks on a dish at a food truck. So it's crazy. It's, it's interesting, right? So mm-hmm. for a lot of vendors, it becomes, uh, the price cap becomes a catch 22 in a sense. Right. Uh, to me personally, you know, as an entrepreneur in me, I cannot honestly say that the price cap actually helps everyone, mm-hmm. especially the people who just started in a business, never yeah. went anywhere else before, you know, because uh, let's say there are like, 5,000 people coming to the market that night, right? Mm-hmm. And then if they go to their other market in New York City, they end up going to one vendors or two maximum because, you know, the cost for one item is already like $12. Right. 
and then uh, some can go up to like twenty something dollars, as you mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. So these five thousand people ended up doing like five thousand to six thousand purchases if they're lucky, right? But at the night market, these five thousand people will do twenty thousand purchases. You know, they are distributed among the fifty plus food vendors that night. So in that way, it's actually a lot friendlier for startups. Yeah, that's really interesting. I want to talk a little bit about the whole street food trend. Um, you know, it's something that's been around for quite some time now. Um, being in South Florida, I'm familiar. I see a lot of Mexican and Central American street food, Caribbean. Um, there's a lot of Caribbean culture here, so I'm that's my realm of what I'm most familiar with. But I know Southeast Asia is a huge culture, as you mentioned at the beginning of our call for street food. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. What do you think draws people, especially in Southeast Asia, to these types of experiences? And tell us a little bit about, you know, what they're like. Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, there's something quite artistic and almost romantic about the the concept of uh, street food culture, right? Mm -hmm. Because the vendors are faced with tremendous amount of limitations and logistics. And, and truthfully, the real street food vendors are in it really for the love of the food. You know? And the food are genuine. It is always not pretentious. It's always done properly, you know, because it's, uh, every vendor is specializing in, in something, you know, so the menu will not be overly you know, extensive. But the quality and the love that goes into it will always be there. Right? Right. This is actually is true reflected in the Queensland market too, because uh, most many of the vendors at the Queensland market, let's say, has a day job like me. So we have accountants, cleaning service, building super, a banker, business analyst, nutritionist. So there's there's quite many of them that has a day job, but they all go, you know, break their back in the Queensland market, giving up their Saturday to be, you know, selling food. But it's not like they don't earn enough from their day job. It's, it's because they love doing it. This is really for the love of food. Yeah. And on that note, I mean, you are passionate about food. And how did you ultimately, was, was starting a food business particularly something you always thought of? How did that passion turn into, um, you know, ultimately Moon Man? Ah, well, it's, it's the entrepreneur in me, I guess. The basic answer is that I like to eat. <laughs> That's a good, like an- good answer, and good then, reason. Yeah, I like to eat, so might as well figure out a way to make food as part of my living, right? Right, I agree. Uh, and one of the best ways to do it is actually to run a business with it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I know that I always wanted to have a food business one day. But yeah, when, when Queenstown Market is my client, it's right the right time for me to get it started. Because in my head, it's like, if I fail, it's fine because I still have my design firm to run. You know? So it's not like it's the end of the world. So it was like particularly uh, low risk for me. Yeah. So you mentioned that you were going to have a permanent location now. Are you still going to be running your design business as well? Yes, definitely. Uh, for me, design is for life. I, I don't think I can get away from it. <laughs> yeah. That's the. Design is my first love, for sure, but uh, food is my second one, without a doubt. 
um, yeah, I I spoke to my business partners last cousin. I, I spoke to Wendy about it, like how we can uh, keep it running, you know, while I'm still running my design firm and mm-hmm. how we can divide it up the task. So yeah. that, yeah, everything still run the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's super exciting. And I think, I think that's interesting that those are your two loves. I think there is so much design in food almost. I think, you know, the recipes and the plating and just the whole experience is a bit like a design in itself. Oh, so. yeah. I, I, kept, I kept telling people that I approach uh, Moon Man as a design project. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't approach it as a food business just like anybody else but yeah for me food uh constructing moon man you know uh, food and moon and it's just a form of a uh, immersive experience design so it's it's a piece of design that people can actually feel smell taste and you know experience the entire uh way of buying it getting it eating it transporting it taking it home you know everything has to be calculated and that's ultimately what a design project is. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think is the most, now that you're in this space um, as an entrepreneur and now as a food entrepreneur, what do you think is the most exciting and also most challenging part about being an entrepreneur in this space in this point in time? Um, food business is, uh, is fun because you can actually share a little bit about you and it's, it's less about the food most of the time because if you eat in a restaurant you're actually tasting a little bit of experience from the chef right so mm-hmm. you don't you're not really uh in it for nutrition at that point you're in it for for a shared experience yes. and that's always exciting right the challenging part is that well the landscape of food business is uh, changing quite rapidly. And currently in New York City, you know, it's not not a secret that uh, New York City is faced with rising rent mm-hmm. that left so many storefronts empty. I, I don't know how it is in your area, right? It's, it's about, the, yeah, it's a challenge. It's here about too. the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. So commercial spaces becomes like extremely unattainable by the businesses. And then opening up a food establishment is not a small feat. It's, it's, it's a big task. So it ended up being like a lot of these establishments uh, joining food halls because they can share many of the burden, right? Such so like maintenance for seating areas and cleaning service and all those things. Mm-hmm. But even then, I started seeing there's a downward slope in this trend. I think partially because uh, we, we don't quite learn our lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, the rent in these food stalls, uh, because of the popularity, become skyrocketing the past few years. So the businesses that can afford these stalls, you know, is, is ended up being like the larger chain restaurant, the restaurant groups, you know. Yeah. The concept of food hall becomes so like homogenized. So all the food hall have the exact same tenants, you know, offer the exact same thing. And then you start to wonder why the public is not interested in it anymore. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a very uh, challenging business for that reason, you know. And to be honest with you, like as a entrepreneur, you know, as a business person, 
if I can offer just like a little piece of a humble advice is that uh, invest a little bit more in the small businesses that actually have sold, you know, invest in the immigrant owned businesses that's still fueled by passion because it's, it's rare. And then in the long run, you know, this, this will make your establishment fresh and then becomes a lot more attractive and worth a lot more in the long term, I think. Do you think the use of, especially with how popular food is on platforms like Instagram, do you think that's helping um, the startups and, you know, vendors like the ones in Queen's Night Market? Do you think it's having a positive effect on them or do you think it's a very saturated space? It's a very saturated space. I I can't say that Instagram is entirely useless. It's not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's quite useful for a lot of people. Uh, but at the same time, um, the influencers are also, a lot of time are in it not to promote. They're in it for themselves, right? So right. it becomes a big issue also. So there is there is a lot of a uh, problem with the ecosystem. I find. Yeah, yeah. For small businesses, they just startups is a great platform just to get the word out there. Mm-hmm. But as an active promotional tools, I think uh, unless the program from the vendor is very clear, it can get very muddy and not very effective. Sure. So it it depends how they utilize it. I, I say. Yeah, I think you make a good point for sure. Well, this has been super fun. I'm so grateful to have had you on the show and learn a little bit more about Moon Man and Queen's Night Market. I definitely am interested in checking out Queen's Night Market the next time I'm in New York. It's been a while. Um, my, my brother used to live in New York. He was there for 11 years, so I used to go couple times a year and I haven't gone now I think in two years so I definitely oh, no. need, yeah well, I need to plan a trip to back. yeah so and I actually have a good friend who lives in Queens um oh, so perfect. I'm gonna have to plan a, a trip to to visit her soon and check you guys out yeah that'll be amazing yeah so before we wrap up um I do some fun closing questions with all of my guests as I'm sure you're familiar sure. are you up for that Sure. Awesome. Okay. Let's do it. So number one, what is the last movie or TV show that you watched? Oh, okay. Now, this one is a difficult question because I'm not a movie or a TV show person. Okay. Believe me or not, I don't even have a TV at home. Okay. So, <laughs> so the answer to this is I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, I do know some a few people with no TV. I love like Netflix. It's I got to get away from it, but it's sometimes it's too much. So sometimes, you know, I wish I could get rid of the TV. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm not, I'm not in that, uh, in that trend for sure. (laughs) Cool. All right. So number two, if you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Hmm. Well, I can't give up rice, uh, because I'm from Indonesia. Um, I love grilled seafood, whatever it is. You can grill fish, grill squid, grill anything, um, and also noodles. I love it. Three great choices. Number three, what is your favorite place that you've ever traveled to? Hmm. Hmm. I, I usually choose traveling destination based on the food. 
Yeah. So, of course, there's there's no place like home, right? Because uh, Indonesia. But uh, I I quite enjoy Thailand. Singapore has been quite interesting because you get a mix of um, Chinese, Malaysian, Indonesian, and our, uh, the Indian culture in there. So the culinary scene is quite interesting in that uh, tiny country. Yeah. Uh, been all over China chasing food as well. So yeah, they're they're also different, but those are quite at the top of the list for sure. I love it. I actually have friends um, who just honeymooned in Singapore and Malaysia, and they loved it. They said it was so cool, and they definitely want to go back. I have not been to Asia at all. What do you think is the first place making that trip, first country? Hmm. Depends what you're in it for. If you're in it for uh, the food, you know, uh, you can actually hop around this Asia very easily. Mm-hmm. You can go to Bali, Singapore, Malaysia, Philippines, and you know you you can hop around quite easily. And then, uh, yeah, ex- experience every single you know diverse cuisine in that uh, region because they're all so different. Yeah, oh, I love it. Definitely on my list. I've done now that I've done Europe and Central and South America. I definitely need to venture to Asia. It'll happen for sure. (laughs) It's on my list. Let me know. I'll go with you. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Number four, what is one thing most people would never guess about you? Hmm. Um, I I, I feel like many people think that I'm very ambitious because I run so many things in my life. You know, Mm -hmm. I I have, as you know, I have an award-winning design for me to see I co-founded a web development firm in Indonesia. Uh, I'm also an adjunct professor at the School of Visual Art. And of course, Moonman, right? The, the food business. Um, yeah. No wonder you don't but, have time to watch TV. You're working on so many things. <laughs> but, That's awesome. But truthfully, though, truthfully, though, you know, I, I, I do it uh, based on, you know, whatever falls on my lap that I find interesting, you know. So it's, it's not like I chase them it mm-hmm. just I see them sitting there and I just like okay this should be fun to do you know so I ended up doing it so it it is not fueled by ambition that's that's what I'm saying and then uh, it just happens that I like to do things well you know and that's that's about it my way of thinking is is quite simplistic I love it so if people want to learn more about you and Moonman and Queen's Night Market, where can they find you online? Uh, let's see. For myself, uh, my Instagram handle is Nigel C, Nigel, N-I-G-E-L-S-I-E. Perfect. And then for Moonman, uh, hellomoonman.com, or the Instagram handle is also hellomoonman. Uh what is the third one? Queensland Market. Uh, the website is is there, queenslandmarket.com. So it's always available. And it's the one you designed, right? Yes. <laughs> awesome. Great. Well, I will put all of these links in the show notes to this episode so that people could check out your work and check out Moon Man. And I hope to be making my way to New York sometime very soon so I can check you guys out as well. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Make time to trip. That'll be amazing. Well, there you have it. 
I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you want to check out more interviews in the Better Food Stories series, you can follow me at Audrea Greenhoff on Medium or visit AudreaGreenhoff.com. I'm also Audrea Greenhoff on Twitter and Instagram. 